0: Good morning. Good morning. There we go. That's better. Welcome to Groton Bible Chapel. My name is Bob Rasmussen. I'm one of the elders here at the church, and um, I don't know about you. I'm just really excited for today. This is a really uh, fun day that we fun and exciting um, that we get to be able to baptize people. Um, just a little bit, real quick, about baptism for those of you who are new here, or uh, visiting, or in, in experiencing this. Um, Baptism is kind of the next step in our faith walk with Christ, right? First, we accept Jesus into our hearts. That's what we believe is um, our key to salvation and that alone. And then the next step is to be baptized, right? And we're going to get into a little bit about why we get baptized, but just want to make sure right off the bat that they're decoupled. Baptism does not get us into heaven. That's what we believe here. So um, I'd like to just kind of dive into this a little bit. Um, Short story about my baptism experience let's kick off a little bit with that so i was baptized uh... a while back eighties time frame and um... i think the only the biggest thing that i remember or the only memory that i have of it i wasn't really little but um... the memory that i seem to have taken away was what i was wearing and so you'll see later people are wearing shorts and bathing suits and nice t-shirts and such and. Um, they forced us into these, these robes, and I don't know from those of you who have been baptized years ago or whatever, I don't know if that was a thing, but they were robes, borderline dresses, and um, on top of that, if you ever wore a dress, and I'm just going to look at a certain clientele in the audience, um, if you go into the water, they kind of do this, <laughs> and so what they did was they put a bunch of fishing sinkers on the bottom hem of the dress. Maybe it's because I'm from New Jersey Shore, I don't know. But it looked like a bluefish rig was like wrapped around. But long story short, I was wearing this thing, a little guy, and just getting in, and all of a sudden, lots of sinkers. That's all I remember. But that's not why we're here, and that's not why the story is being brought up. Um, About a month after that, uh, I was uh, at my grandparents' house, and um, they were watching me and my um, brother and my sister. And something happened between my brother and me. It was probably me punching him or something, you know, really good. And uh, my grandmother pulled me aside and said, Bobby, what was that? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Back and forth, finally we figured out, yeah, I did something wrong. And then she kind of brought up the baptism card. She goes, what did you do a month ago? And I go, oh yeah, that thing. And then we kind of began to talk about how, you know, baptism, and, and I knew that as a kid that baptism was um, my profession of faith, if you will, um, to, to the world. Uh, but what I also recognized and realized was that baptism is not just an outward act, but it's an inward act. And it's an inward act of obedience. And that's what we're gonna to discuss today is obedience through baptism. And we're gonna look at um, Jesus' baptism first, and then we're gonna look at another baptism in the book of Acts, um, that, uh, kind of, and then kind of unfold the characters in there. So let me uh, open with a word of prayer. Father God, I just want to thank you for today. Thank you for those being baptized. Um, Thank you for those in the room that may be new to this church, Lord. Would you just open their hearts and their ears? And Lord, please use my words to uh, uh, preach your word. In the name I pray, amen. So baptism as an act of obedience. So this, by the way, is applicable to everyone, whether you're not baptized, whether you don't Know what Christianity is, whether you've been a seasoned Christian and baptized, or whether you're just about to get baptized. So obedience is not easy, though. Let me let me tell you that it's quite hard. Um, But God equips us to be obedient to Him if we listen, and our happiness does follow when we obey Him. So I'd like to uh, jump into Matthew three, verses one through three and eleven through seventeen. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. For he is the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, who said, A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make his path straight. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. I am not worthy to remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing shovel and is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with fire that never goes out. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me? Jesus answered him, allow it for now because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him to be baptized. And when Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased." See, what we read in the text is that John baptized for repentance, but Jesus didn't need to repent of anything. So why did Jesus get baptized? Well. We know that Christ Jesus had to come to earth and to die on, on a cross for our sins, but to do that, he had to become fully man. But it wasn't just to be born of a man, which he did, but he had to live and act as one. So let me uh, unfold that a little bit. Philippians 2, 5 through 11, Paul writes, adopt the same attitude as that of Jesus Christ, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God, as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And then, when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth, and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you see, Jesus wasn't just setting an example, he was obeying his Father. Right? He took on the likeness of man and he obeyed. So where are we told to obey? Well, we're told to obey in a lot of places in the Bible, but one key text I'd like to point out is Matthew 28, uh, verse 16 through 20. Uh, this is when Jesus was ascending back into heaven after uh, raising from the dead, and uh, also known as the Great Commission. And so he says here, and I'll read, the 11 disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him and some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age." So we're commanded to be baptized, or to to baptize and by default because we're commanded to baptize others. We're also commanded to be baptized. That is our act of obedience. So let's take a look now in Acts chapter 8 at another baptism. And it's chapter 8 verses 26 to 39. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means Queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and was sitting in his chariot on his way home reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. The Spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. How can I? Sorry, skipped ahead a little bit. When Philip ran up to it, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? How can I, he said, unless someone guides me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the scripture passage he was reading was this, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb is silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who will describe his generation for his life is taken from the earth? The eunuch said to Philip, I ask you who is the prophet saying about, himself or someone else? Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus beginning with that scripture. And as they were traveling down the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? So he ordered the chariot to stop, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him any longer, but he went on his way rejoicing. So I'd like to unfold a little bit these two characters, Philip and the eunuch, in three different lenses, I'd like to say, or maybe stages of this story, and kind of dissect and see kind of wh- where they were at and wh- what we see going on here. So first, I'd like to look at the eunuch uh, before he was saved, as he was kind of seeking and understanding things. So first, we see that he was studying God's Word, right? It's a good thing. I encourage you to study God's Word. <laughs> The next thing is that he was asking lots of questions. We also see that he humbled himself by inviting Philip onto his chariot, right? He could have just gone on his way and said, Hey, I don't really, admitted that he didn't know what he was looking at, but no, he humbled himself and asked somebody to help him understand what he was reading. And by virtue of that, he was bold. So, what was Philip doing throughout this? Well, we see that Philip was obedient in the fact that he obeyed the Holy Spirit by joining uh, the eunuch on the chariot. He also inquired about what he was reading. He witnessed to the eunuch, and he ultimately baptized the eunuch. He was following what we just read in Matthew 28, wasn't he? The Great Commission. So let's take a look at the eunuch now after he was baptized. Well, it only has a little tiny section in here about that, and what it says is that he went on his way rejoicing. And this, this is pointed, right now, I'll, I'll get to where I'm going with this, but this is pointed directly at those that are being baptized today, that you are obeying God's command. You are doing, taking that next step and you, just like the eunuch, should go on your way rejoicing. So looking at these three um, areas of these two characters, who would you say you associate with today? Where are you at with your obedience to God? So I want to talk to those in the room who maybe don't understand what it means to be a Christian. Don't really know why you're here. Maybe you were brought by a friend. Or a loved one is getting baptized today. Are you hearing God's call? Is there pride maybe in your life that's getting in the way that Only through humility, you can't see God's love for you. Let me ask you this question. Have you put your trust in him? Have you put your trust in him? Revelation 3.20 says, See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. See, Jesus is knocking at your door today. All he wants you to do is open it. So let's look at those who have been baptized and know Christ as their savior. Is there something in your life that is prohibiting you from doing God's work? Maybe it's forgiveness of somebody else that's holding you up, or perhaps pride. Maybe it's a secret sin or time, just not enough time in the day to actually put towards somebody else. Could it simply be trusting in God during an unknown time in your life or fear? Kind of the time when you need him the most and he wants to be there for you the most. In other words, what areas are you being convicted of that you may need to kind of fall down on your knees and start obeying God and ask him to forgive you? John 14, 23 says, Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. We remember we read in Philippians, it was uh, chapter 2, specifically verse 8 says that Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. So, lastly, I'd like to talk to those of you who are getting baptized today. And here's what I have to say to you be encouraged. Be encouraged and spread your joy because what you are doing is showing your obedience, right? You are emanating and acting out what God has called you to do. And God's going to bless you for that and he's always going to be there for you. Psalm 37, 23, and 24 says, "...a person's steps are established by the Lord, and he takes pleasure in his way. Though he falls, he will not be overwhelmed because the Lord supports him with his hand." Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Friends who are getting baptized today, continue a good work. Continue to obey God. Because what God has done in your life may have been because somebody else answered God's call and obeyed him as well. Let's close in prayer. Father God, I just want to uh, lift up my brothers and my sisters who are about to uh, be baptized today, Lord, and I just thank you for them and for their obedience. I pray that um, all of us in the room can uh, take something away from that, from that uh, step of obedience that they are doing, Lord, and, uh, and have that conviction in our hearts as well. Would you work in hearts? Would you mold them? And Lord, uh, ultimately, thank you uh, f- for your son who died on the cross for our sins that we can, in fact, uh, spread that love and that joy. In your name I pray, amen.